all trying to find our way. But you can find the signs if you look right. In life, I follow the signs, yeah. It's there all the time. To find peace of mind, yeah. Then the world can be mine. I'm one of a kind. No shame, but sometimes I, I have to remind myself Have to lose just to find myself Can't dumb it down cause I think a lot Problems wish I didn't have to think about The mind of an artist is introspective The good and the bad think it's all connected The signs are there, you just gotta see them Picture clear as in a mausoleum See myself and my parents I came from And never forget where I came from I could've been stuck in the streets Instead I get the flex of a bitch Book something and fill up the seats Hope this microphone don't overheat, yeah I can sell wool to some sheep, yeah I can sell cool to the heat, yeah I don't need no one but me, nah I don't need no one but me Okay, that's a lie I need my girl and my guys I need every misfortune that I had in my life Turned out a blessing in disguise, yeah Didn't have everything growing up But can't say that I was the prop Life is a wild journey Pray that God heard me And he told me to follow the signs Follow me This ain't a, this ain't a test Don't waste my time, I invest If you bring it, bring your best If not, you better bring a vest Mom and dad broke up when I was 11 A part of me died when grandpa went to heaven This caused so much pain, coulda lived on exception But something got planted without no detection Mom knew I need some protection So started to hang with because Lance and Devin They both encouraged me to use my aggression And put it in song, now my word is my weapon If I'm honest and I do some reflecting I see my biggest pain was my biggest blessing I found God and the passion I'm best in This life gives you signs when you need the direction Just follow Follow me, follow me I follow the signs, yeah Follow me, follow me, yeah. I follow the signs, yeah Welcome everyone, you are tuned into another edition of the Friday Night Groove with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr., better known as RBJ for short. And in this episode, I'll be in conversation with the Los Angeles-based artist, Alfred Nomad, as we discuss his career and the release of his latest album, Everything Be Alright, The B-Sides. So peace, thank you, and enjoy as we open this program with his track Signs, featuring Finkel, Tracy Sierra, and Hendrix.
swear I can smell it in from a mile away How I know cause I can swear that I was just one yesterday Only difference is that I ain't lying to the masses Rather take the longest to get it than lose it all the fastest Build yourself a brand, cancel out the middleman. Now all the profits gotta go directly in my hand All my business minded people on the ground will understand 88.3 WXOU Auburn Hills, Michigan You're tuned in to The Friday Night Groove with your host, Roosevelt Belton Jr., better known as R.B.J. for short. And right now, I am in conversation with the Los Angeles-based artist, activist, and community builder, Alfred Nomad. Here to discuss the release of his latest project, Everything Will Be Alright, The B-Sides. Alfred, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me, RBJ. I appreciate you a lot, man. So just getting started off, um, I know I introduced you as Alfred Nomad. You know, but in the past, you've gone by names such as Jizzle, AJ Coles, Lyrical AJ, AJ, and now Alfred Nomad. So just for those who don't know, why does Alfred Nomad fit your current vision as an artist? Well, it, it, it's to me, the name, it's a representation of like self-acceptance for me. I, obviously, I've gone through a lot of names, all based around the same thing a little bit. But um, Alfred is my actual name. Uh, and I kind of ran from that name for a while. Um, like my own mother never called me by my, my actual government name. Um, but, you know, just accepting things with myself and and uh and learning more about just appreciating where i come from and so bad is kind of the life that i've lived um throughout my life i moved around a lot um at least within the states I, i've lived on every part i've lived on the east coast raised in the midwest uh went to school and kind of came into adulthood in the south and then now I'm here on the west coast so i've kind of just lived a, somewhat of a nomadic life um so it's kind of just it fits me very well, I think. And just getting into that, um, you know, you made a, a name for yourself in cities like Indianapolis, Atlanta, and now Los Angeles. Most artists usually only have maybe one or two cities to their name. So how has setting up roots in multiple cities been beneficial to you as an artist? Yeah, uh, it just gave me perspective, you know. Um, I was like, as an artist, I was raised, even though I'm, I've spent a lot of my younger adulthood in the Midwest, like I was, my first influences of music when it comes to like hip hop and stuff was like East Coast rap. Very, very East Coast um, uh, influence. But you know, spending time and actually living in the Midwest uh, in a somewhat slower city, it's picked up more over the last several years. But you know, compared to like a LA or Atlanta or New York or something, you know, it's a it's a slower tempo city. You know, um, for good for good or worse, whatever. Um, and then being able to go to an HBCU, I went to Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, and and just having that full experience and 
being around successful and just hungry black people was amazing. You know, just like this, the Southern hospitality and just Southern way of living, it was a great experience too. Um, I made a lot of like life friendships um, and relationships from that. And then being on the West Coast and being in LA and seeing, you know, being, I, even though I, I don't completely dive into like the Hollywood aspect of LA as much, but just being in that vicinity and seeing how a city like this, that's like old money kind of thing and kind of has this established, you know, industry and, and kind of seeing how that is. But also it's been cool to get connected with like the, if you want to say a subculture or just a part of LA of people that a lot of people who are, who have uh, implanted here you know, from other places, but are like me that are just trying to find genuine people and work with and care about what they do and aren't really caught up in all of that and just want to be able to, you know, make a living doing what you love and, and have some sort of impact with it. So it's been really interesting and it's just kind of brought in my mind and makes me want to travel more and, and connect with even more communities, you know. Out of it, like bro, I'm ready to and pray for God to heal him. It's funny when a man's untouchable, you gotta feel him. If beauty's seen from the inside, you're not appealing. Mac ain't all that you can sell him. Maybe I'm just in my feelings. Use a vice to numb it, spending out of my budget, reach your height and plummet. But can't nobody tell you act so nice and public. A big part of your connection is just, um, you know, just through your art. And you've been someone who's been able to express themselves through, you know, multiple mediums. Um, but your primary tool has been rapping. So what first got you interested in that genre? It's funny because from, you know, you, you you hear stories of people who are, who are rappers and like they knew from the jump, like when they were kids, like I got a homie who's an artist, Suli for q He's He was rapping since a baby, it seemed like or whatever, but I didn't have any intention on rapping at first. Like, I mean, I, I would hear it. I grew up on old, like older school soul music and like 90s R&B slash hip hop. Like that was kind of like my first influences of music before, besides like just the most popular stuff that you would hear no matter where you're at. Uh, but I had older cousins of mine who were huge influences on me growing up. They were older than me, like seven to 10 years older than me. And they, you know, riding around with them, hearing, you know, um, anything from Jay-Z to, to Nas to Philly's Most Wanted to, to Pharrell or, Timberland like it you know just all these different things so one just listening to it with them and, and kind of getting it in my psyche I guess but and uh they encouraged I actually was a poet but I wrote poetry that rhyme you know it just made sense that way for me and um, but I never thought about rapping but they were like you should rap you know like and and I did that and I did it once they had, had me sit down and rap and write a verse to one of the beats that they made and I just fell in love like I, I after the first time I did it and, and recorded it and heard my voice back I don't know I thought it I didn't think it was that bad at the time I thought I was pretty good for the first time and I don't know from that from that day on I just wanted to do it like every day you know and when did you at what point do you feel like a light kind of clicked like you know I could make money doing this or not make money but like i could do this for like for the rest of my life well one was just the fact that i just enjoyed doing it even if, when it was like a hobby like i just i love doing it and you you see that there are artists that are making it or whatever but then i feel like maybe when i got to like early college 
that was around the time when like I think that that would be like maybe like 08, 07, 08 like you would see like Wiz Khalifa or um, like Currency and Mac Miller like you would see these artists that were independent you know and were making a way and getting and making waves and and it, it seemed a little more realistic because I always for whatever reason I never it was a very very short period of time I feel like when I was first starting rapping like I ever thought of like you, you getting a record deal like it was like that as a goal kind of thing like I always kind of had an idea that I wanted to do it independently if possible uh, from the jump even before I even really realized what kind of work that takes to try to do something independently but I always just kind of had that in, in me anyway so seeing artists like them uh, made it seem more attainable to be able to do it independently in whatever way makes sense for you so uh, and just getting little tractions and little things that kind of helped me uh, get encouragement you know uh, doing shows in Atlanta or in school and you know uh, winning talent shows there's little things that make make you feel like you know i'm doing something right or i must be good at it i'm not the only person who thinks i'm good at this so Just speaking of those little things that you notice when you were an artist, something I noticed just from early on in your career till now is that you have a very specific mission and vision as far as what it comes to what you want out of music. Like you don't really leave too many stones unturned when it comes to like just the marketing and entrepreneurial side of music. Given that some artists maybe like struggle with this or don't really embrace it at all, why has it become something that you've embraced? One out of necessity, again, that, that independent thing, like you gotta be able to figure out how to market yourself or tell your story, you know, before other people make it up for you. Um, so wanting to kind of paint the picture to tell, to make it come from me rather than just kind of put something out there and then anybody can kind of tell me what, what, what I am, you know, or, or what my point is. And I kind of, in school too, and, and shortly getting out of school, I just kind of got an interest in marketing as well. I don't even know, I, I mean, I've had some marketing jobs, but I don't even think I'm that great at doing it for other people. <laughs> like I could myself. But, and I get compliments about it too. Um, and I, 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 I mean, kind of, you're your own worst critic. Like, I feel like I could do even better, a better job at it. But, you know, it's really just about me taking control of my story and 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 we're all storytellers at the end of the day so it's like you gotta that's how you can get people to even care about anything that you're doing is what's the story behind it or what what does why should i care about this so it's kind of figuring out creative ways to paint that picture for people in whatever way that i can and you got to do that now you know in a way in a way like there's so much if you want to call it noise but just everybody's sharing in some sort of way so you gotta figure out your own niche and and what your story is and, and all of this you know but you stay with me even through the rough times When I barely could even afford a bus line I have faith and it's not because I need it Or believe it more so cause it's convenient Bad faith mm, I can do it on my own I can do it on my own Hard to stay, hard to leave, hard to see 
one of the things that you've kind of been adding to your own story is, you know, just beyond business and um, through music, you know, your vision has incorporated an emphasis on mental health and well-being. Um, so what first got you interested in exploring that with your music? Going through life, man. Going through life stuff. Uh, <laughs> did it really? I, I mean, the everything would be all right. Like whole project and concept wasn't an initial thing. Like I, it wasn't like I'm, I'm gonna do this. Like it, it wasn't. Uh, uh, it just was. As I was making music about life and just stuff happening, it 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 ended up being music has been a therapy for me. I guess even since I was younger, like even when I was writing poetry, I started actually really writing poetry at a tough time in my life. So it was always a, some sort of therapy for me in a sense. So when I was going through some really tough times, really when I first moved to LA, like the first year and a half of moving out to LA was rough. It was super, super rough. And my music was kind of reflecting some of that struggle. And I actually was telling myself the mantra that everything will be all right. And I kept telling myself that, and that kind of turned into a project from that. Um, and from me going through things and like having an emotional breakdown at, at one point and like it kind of like something clicked in me like this is this mental health thing is, is an important thing, you know, and I got to take that a little more seriously and be a little more intentional about that. And I was curious, you know, I, like going into the project and the rollout and the, the um, mental health organizations that I partnered with, I even w I, got, I went into it and I would start any like sessions or things that I did. Like I'm going into this as a student as well as, you know, a facilitator. Like I'm going into this to learn how this is supposed to go too, because I don't know how it was for you, but I, I could assume that you might have some somewhat of a similar thing of like, uh, we don't, we're not raised to like, to go to like a therapist or something like it's like i'm not crazy i'm not gonna go see somebody or talk to somebody i'm not gonna pay somebody to just talk to somebody or whatever but you don't realize being able to analyze things and get professional help when needed you know how that could affect you or, or help you so um I, and there were a lot of people that i knew were just in my circle of influence that had never meditated before or never never been to therapy or just didn't know really what mental health really was you know so it was just trying to figure out ways to to share that information and through doing that it further showed me how important it was and especially amongst like the black community or communities of color like just there's you there's not as much representation within that field uh, of professionals that you can connect with to even knowing how to go about getting it you know or something that, in an affordable way so there's just so many other things so then it became somewhat of a mission in a sense too to to try to bridge that gap or at least just get the information out there for people Promising, sick of living. If it could, my spirit would be vomiting. Therapy within my community's abnormal. Plus, I don't want nobody thinking I'm not normal. Clearly, there's a lot that even hurts to think about. Maybe it'd be better if I talk it out instead of suffering silence. And, and with that sort of funneling the drive for you know your last album everything will be all right and this current project you have coming out um so just getting into that um given that everything will be all right 
um, was both, you know, a personal and critical success for you. What made you want to kind of like revisit that album and like expand upon it? One, the work wasn't done, I guess, from it, or there was just more I could do with it. But also from us having to be so virtual with everything for a while, I was doing a lot of virtual like performances and or uh, social distance ones that people wanted to record so that they could show it later because so many people could, couldn't be there. So I had a lot of like live footage from things like live shows. And I had like some unreleased tracks that I'd never put on the project in the, in the first place. And um, I just wanted to share it. So it wasn't, it wasn't like it's, it wasn't as, as uh, and I wanted to kind of change the vibe a little bit too from, from the project because that the, the original project is a little darker, much more, much in, introspective, which, which this project still has some of that too, but also to kind of lighten it. And I'm a fan of live albums to an extent too. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of a lot of artists live albums aren't like the critically acclaimed favorite album of people's but it's like a staple in a lot of people's discographies and you just like it so you know i just i was like i have this stuff so i just want to kind of create my own live album because i enjoy them and i think this stuff is good so i was like i want to i want to share that too so it's kind of kind of a, something that i just enjoyed and wanted to do and i wanted to kind of bring people into the live show because that's something else i really pride myself on is my live my live performance i think that's another way that i shine and can gain people to be believers in what I do as well. So it's kind of bringing that into the audio space too. My bank of America's bombing with no terror rust. No surprise if I end up in somebody court. The way I'm dodging bill collectors like it was for sport. Put it all on credit, knowing that I can't afford to pay it back quickly. I'm sure they're probably sick of me. My wife has taste. If I could, I'd buy Tiffany's. Instead, I got a cover in the mill and a tip for me. If it got bad enough, I know she hit a lick for me. I gotta change something, or I'm sure that will be history. So here I am, coming humble as I ever been. Dollar from dead broke, and here you got the medicine. You can say my life. And given that this is the first album, live album that you've done uh, and recorded, what ideas do you have about like going in? And then how did those kind of ideas change as you actually started working on it? Uh, really was kind of figuring out what songs I was going to use. Uh, and so I, I create, I would create like track lists and then I was trying to figure out which ones I was going to keep, what I was going to cut. And also I knew I wanted to do a couple remixes. So uh, I actually reached out to a couple of um, my producer friends and I kind of sent them the acapellas for several tracks. And I was like, whichever ones you kind of stick with, whatever sticks to you or what you want to remix, like do it and just let me hear it back and we'll see what happens. And these are kind of the ones that ended up making sense. And, and funny enough, um, the bonus tracks on there, I think one of them is actually a bonus track. If you purchase my Bandcamp, uh, the album on Bandcamp, everything will be all right. I'm on Bandcamp, you would get actually one of the tracks that's now now a track on the B sides. Uh, then another one, which is a, one I really liked. And then the Spaced Out single, uh, my friend Duran, uh, Duran Rashford, he goes by Sax Love Money. He, he's like my right hand man when it comes to music. And um, he came to me to, to make that song, like, cause he's working on some projects of his own. And he told me the concept of the song, like, you know, I guess being in quarantine, like, you know, you make a song about wanting some space from your partner. And, and you know, I just, I love the track. And I love the track so much how it came out. I was like, hey bro, we might have to, 
you know, I, I think we should do it where I can put on my project, you can put on your project too, and, and we can just kind of co-promote it kind of thing. So that was when I kind of was like, I need that. Like, just let me, let me get that, let me get that song too. And, okay, and it became like pretty much my favorite song on the project. So, and that's when I shot the visual for it and everything too. So um, it became kind of a staple. And it, and it still fits the, you know, mental health thing as well. Like need, needing your own space sometimes, not, not in, a, in a negative way, but you know, just kind of setting healthy boundaries when you need it. Beyond this release, um, you talk about everything being virtual, and now we're in a space where we can kind of, kind of get back to you know meeting people and build a community. Um, beyond this release, you also be accompanying it with uh, both an art exhibition and a documentary release. Um, so, from like a broader perspective, how beneficial have you found it to explore your releases, you know, with projects sort of outside of just maybe just touring and performing i have realized especially over over this project everything will be right project i love to create worlds around the music if i can you know in way or another and i respect artists that do that like a childish gambino or a, a creator even asap rocky is, has been really good at, at that as well but people who kind of create a whole thing solange has done it too in certain ways so just Paint, like I said, painting the pictures or figuring out ways to bring people in and have them interact with it in different ways. Um, it's, it's been great. And also, I've known for the last few years that I didn't want to be known as just a rapper. And I want to be an artist. And this form, this art form is art, you know, and we're kind of seeing some of that now with like NFTs and stuff. But, uh, you know, music, music and especially hip hop has seemed so disposable. It's become to viewed as so disposable because there's new music coming out all the time, especially hip hop artists just feel like a dime a dozen. You know, you stream it and then you forget about it. You might throw it on a playlist and it's gone. So I wanted to and I wanted to change the medium, you know, a little bit of how you can experience the art and even the, the visual stuff. You know, we you spend all this money, even if it's like album artwork or whatever, you spend this money to create it or, or, or videos or whatever you post it on Instagram. You might watch it for 60 seconds and then scroll and it's gone, you know, and, and then they're not thinking about it anymore. But two things that I always respect is people or two, the two types of creation that I always have respected is um, an artist that can show up in a city for a concert and people will line up, you know, uh, around the block to go see this person perform for an hour, you know, or a visual artist that can have one piece of art that's in one place in the world and people might come from all over the world to come view this thing in person, you know, so taking the, my love for both of those things, um, I, I wanted to change the medium of how you can experience this hip hop project, you know, so you listen to it, you know, there'll be a documentary you can watch, you can, if you're available to, you can come and physically see some of the artwork that's in, in this exhibition will actually is, is having um, artwork that has been created from the original first project to, to now. 
and you can kind of experience it and interact with it as well in person. So I just wanted to change it so you're not just looking at it on a three to six inch phone, but you can actually see it in person and, 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 uh, and interact with it. So yeah, it's just changing the medium to make it even more of like, yeah, I'm an artist, like this is art and just kind of drilling that a little bit more home. So in my own way. Said I was brought up through the rocky trenches And I done seen some things I ain't impressed with And I got homies with some bad intentions I hope and pray to change the way you think. Could you speak positive to your lost brother? Or would you kick him down just to tell another? If your son got killed, would you let him die? Or raise your voice and tell the youngest keep the hope alive? Now fly your high to the highest type And bless the ground with your head to fight and just looking forward, what can we, you know, teasers that we can get on the documentary? It's in the same vibe of everything will be all right, the B-side. So there's there's some live elements to it, too. Like you actually get to watch some of the performances that you see and some that aren't on the album. You'll get to see some unreleased audio and the stuff that you listen, you'll be able to listen to on the B-sides. So you'll be able to actually watch those performances in a cool way. And um, I did a interview. I want to shout out uh, Liana Lydia, who uh, shot this the there's like a um an interview piece in there too so you kind of really get to dig a little bit deeper into to my story and, and how the album came about and just some motivations around it and some of the songs as well that i've made throughout the last couple of years and uh and we shot that during the time that i did the everything will be all right project the original one so kind of blend in all of those things together um to kind of just to to give you give you a behind the scenes and and get more of a view into into the, the world, I guess everything will be all right. Okay, all right, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming out. Yeah. All right, um, so Alfred Nomad, just the last question. Um, after exploring the concept of everything will be all right over you know two different projects, how do you ultimately want this project or album or just idea to be remembered? Um, that I want people to one, I want that mantra in your head, you know, if everything will be right. The same way it meant something to me, I've, I've tatted it on my arm now. Like it, it's, it's just, it's. I want people to believe that there are options, capabilities out there for that everything will turn out okay. You know, if you if you intentional about it. So I just want there to be this soundtrack for you that can remind you of that. Um, so I definitely want that. I want it also to be remembered as this is you're really starting to see Alfred Nomad is the type of artist that he decide that he decided to be and wants to be viewed as. So it's like, oh, he's he's really a multifaceted, multi-hyphenated artist. You know, like he makes this great music, but he does so much more with it, too. But it still all ties together and makes sense. So it's like me really honing in on that and then I'm just gonna take it even further from here but I, it's like I'm, I'm very clear on who I am as an artist now so I just I, it, I want that to show as a, as a beginning of that you know and, and people really having an idea of the type of creative that I am so I think between that and the music that's that's what I would like people to remember it for exactly um, perfect uh, Alfred Nomad if people like this if they like the vision how can they follow you uh, everything is Alfred Nomad, A-L-F-R-E-D-N-O-M-A-D. Um, you can follow me on, you know, Instagram, Twitter. I have a TikTok now. I'm real slow on that one. But uh, you can follow everywhere at Alfred Nomad. Um, and you'll be able to get all my links. You can search me on all streaming platforms. Um, but I will say 
if you want to watch my videos or any of my, my long form content, I have a, my own platform I'm a co-founder of called Tone.Vision, T-O-N-E.Vision. If you go to Tone.Vision, you'll be able to watch not only my long form content, but a lot of other dope creatives on there. Um, so you can watch everything there as well. We're creating our own platforms, you know, and not having to be a slave to all the other ones or, or having the, you know, that weren't made for you to, to prosper on, you know. So um, you can also go there to see all of my long form content and videos that you may not have been able to check out too. Perfect. Uh, for Nomad, thanks so much and just all the best going forward. Man, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Welcome. Welcome. I'm on it. My reflection is my only opponent It's not what you want, but how bad do you want it? Been a struggle, but I make it look good, don't it? Protect your energy from the pretend You just heard my interview with Alfred Nomad Out of Los Angeles, California If you've liked your herd You can find links to all of Alfred's current projects At alfrednomad.com I want to thank Alfred again for his time And a great interview and wish him all the best in the future. So peace, thank you, and enjoy as we end this program with the live version of his track, Resilience. You can't hold me. You can't hold me. You can't hold me. Now this is your this is your affirmation for today. So get through that shit. So get through that shit. Guy Mark Pelly on the keys and on the vocals on the guitar. We got my guy Yuki right here killing on the